John chapter 11. All the preachers will understand what I'm about to say. I, uh, I uh, sent my message, my, sl- my slide, my scriptures to the media last night. And that's what I'm, I'm preaching this morning. But then all night I dreamt about baptism. And I woke up and kind of looked at the Lord and said, which one is it? And so if you hear me, I'm just giving you a forewarning. If for some reason I start touching on baptism and you think that, that don't fit at all. Just know it fits in here. <laughs> Which may be the way it is with a lot of my preaching. John 11 verses 1 through 4. If you're there, say amen. If you're looking at the screen, say I'm cheating. now a certain man was sick named Lazarus of Bethany the town of Mary and her sister Martha it was that Mary which interestingly enough we're not going to read about this for a chapter until chapter 12 but it was that Mary which anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair whose, whose brother Lazarus was sick. You know, and if, if you've read, spend any time in the Gospels, you know there's just an interesting relationship here, this family dynamic here with these siblings and with the Lord. Therefore, his sister sent unto him. They wanted Jesus to know. Lord, behold, behold he whom thou lovest is sick. That's what we call intentional language. Like they had to remind Jesus that he loved Lazarus. (laughs) Right? It's like when you look at the son's acting up and you look at the husband and say, get your son. When Jesus heard that, he said, watch this. The sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God. That the Son of God might be glorified thereby. Go, go to verse 40. We're going to read three more verses and I'll, I'll, I'll just let you be seated. Verse 40. Jesus, he saith unto her, said I not unto thee that if thou wouldest believe, You'd see the glory of God. Verse 43. When he had thus spoken, he cried with a loud voice. Lazarus, come forth. And he, oh, there's a lot of places in scripture I'd like to be sitting there. But I'm telling you, I'd like to be sitting here. He that was dead came forth bound hand and foot with grave clothes his face bound with a napkin and Jesus said unto them and I can't imagine how weirded out they were 
And this guy comes hopping up. They're all stepping back. Loose him and let him go. Because it's one thing for you to see a miracle. But it's another thing for you to be able to get your hands dirty touching what God delivers. Man, I feel witness today. I, I want to preach to you about Lazarus here a little bit this morning. I want us to pray one more time. Throw your hands towards heaven, if you will. Come on, I want you to pray. I want you to pray. Pray, God, let your word do whatever it needs to to my heart, my mind, my spirit. Come on, if you want to, go ahead and pray. Help Pastor Carson preach real good and not too long. Help him preach effective. But help our hearts and our minds of every seasoned saint and every first-time visitor. Mm. Help everybody to be ready. Help everybody to be receptive. Help everybody to be responsive in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. And let everybody say amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Lazarus. When Lazarus has a seat at the table, that's what we'll call this, I guess. I. How many of you? Uh, how many of you would be honest and and uh, say you have a friend that has a tendency to dominate the conversation? <laughs> There's a lot of nervous laughter. Uh, you get into the conversation and. There are different personalities. I don't know if you've ever done this, this uh, color testing for personalities, but people with an uh, orange personality, sometimes they can't help themselves. Maybe you've never done this. I'm going to help you out. You're the, you're the personality that in the middle of a conversation, that idea comes to you. You cannot wait to the end of the conversation. What I think we should do, and you have to say it right now, it has to be said. And some of you have friends like that. Some of you, you are that person. Other people are thinking of you right now. You're not thinking of yourself. Some of you thought, no, I don't know anybody like that. And everybody around you is thinking, we know somebody like that. <clears throat> our, uh, our, lives are, our lives are really comprised of conversations. That's why on Wednesday night, and I'm, I'm so thankful for all the texts, the emails, uh, and the words uh, of what I would even call affirmation after our Bible study on Wednesday night where we finished our series and we talked about our speech and our communication and how critical it is. Um, I felt great, great resolve in that. I feel like the Lord has really been helping us on Wednesday nights. Um, these conversations that we have, they're quite, they're quite critical, but some are way more meaningful than others. Sometimes our conversations don't even mean anything and unfortunately in our society we've really dumbed down conversing we, we really we really have we've we we say things like how's it going when we really don't even want the answer how many know there's some people you can't ask how's it going <laughs> you see them sitting there you've learned that you don't even say how you doing because you know you're about to find out about to tell you everything. But for the most part, how many would be, bear witness with me? This is true. Most of the time we say, how are you? We're not really even listening for the response. 
It's unfortunate, but it's true. I will tell you that I don't think that these right here have helped conversation much. We sat down in a restaurant. My, my kids want to say, hey, can we have the cell phone? My wife, who's a teacher for so many years, she is adamant. No. Talk. Converse. Even through the mask. Got to get to take that off to eat. Speak to each other. Engage with one another. Some conversations extremely important, but some conversations not as much. Let's think about some conversations in your life that really, really matter. Let's pick on our soon-to-be's here that we just got to deal with. How about the early conversation when you finally mustered up the guts to propose? Yeah, that was a good day, but it was nerve-wracking getting there, wasn't it? Look at him. Don't sweat now. Work's almost done. Have some of those conversations. Wait till you stand, stand up here, stand before the, the person and everyone out here looking and the spotlights are 147 degrees and sweat just trickling down. How many of you remember some important conversations along the way? How many of you mothers remember the day that the doctor walked in the room and told you you were pregnant? I can remember surprise Sunday. I can't make this up. Surprise Sunday at our church in Northeast Ohio. I don't even remember what that Sunday school promotion was about. You got all kinds of different surprises for I don't know why. You, I'm going to tell you why it's messed up for me. Because that was the day that I found out my wife was pregnant with Canaan, our first child. On surprise, Brother Marshall, I don't understand. That was God's timing. She walked in and she said, surprise! I thought she was messing with me. I said, you're not funny. She said, I'm not being funny. And we cried and then we laughed and then we wondered how we were going to live in our tiny house. Conversations that were really important. You ever have, you ever have two different people, and this is where I want to kind of start tying this narrative here. You ever have two different people talk to you and you know they were talking to each other before they talked to you? Oh, yeah. I really felt witness in the room right there. Like you know they worked together, but they wanted you to feel like it was just circumstance. Oh, were they thinking that too? Or, or it starts with a line like this. I don't know if anyone's mentioned this. You know she mentioned it. Because you guys talked about It's like when the kids tag team about we should do pizza tonight. Why don't you go tell mom that you feel like the Lord wants us to have pizza tonight? <laughs> I tell you what, these sisters tag team. But they didn't tag team positive. They tag team negative. Because they sat around and they discussed with each other all the way up until he died these words. If he would have been here. Uh-huh. They let what had started in faith, they had started this conversation. If we could get Jesus to come, I know he's sick, but if we could get Jesus to come, he'll be all right. If we could get Jesus, let's get word that his friend, remind him that he loves him. You think I need to, I'd do it. Sometimes, you know men, sometimes they forget. Some, 
And they have conspired together. And when news comes to Jesus, Jesus is not concerned at all. Oh, how I wish we could get a glimpse of problems from the perspective of an almighty God. I wish we could get a, I wish we could get a perspective of COVID from God's We've got to be wise and I'm trying to be. We've got to be cautious and I want to be. But I wish that we could take our fear and get it baptized in faith. Yes, we've got to have caution, but we've got to have a deep-seated, rooted foundation in faith where we remember that if he was able, he is able. News comes to Jesus that he is nigh unto death, and if you'll get here, don't forget you love him. You don't want him to die. And Jesus sends news that will soon to seem contradictory. Uh, There's this thing about relationship with Christ that if you need his timing to match your timing, you're going to live frustrated. Yes. It seems like he just hangs out. Did you not hear us? Your boy is dying. It's your friend. You don't even have a lot of friends. You got several followers, but you don't have a lot of friends. You you love him. You eat in our house. Come on, you know you play all the all the angles. I pay my tithes. I come faithful. I stuck up for you when nobody stuck up for you. I, no, I've never done that. Well, then you're one of the only. Because for most of us, when life hits us hard, we have a tendency to try to tell God why we deserve. We don't say it out loud because that would be embarrassing, but it's in our prayers. And we do it under things like this. God, you know I've tried to be faithful to you. And I'm not making fun of that. That's desperation. But you know what we're really doing? We're really going, you love him. Here was Jesus' response. That sickness is not unto death. Now anybody who reads this story, let's pause here. Imagine the initial celebration, Brother Titus, when he says it's not unto death. Wow, I would have felt better in that moment. Okay, everything's going to be all right. Until he died. (laughs) Some kind of friend you are. And watch, watch this. The conversation at the table went from, if we could get Jesus here, he would be okay. You remind him that, and after his day, it went to, if he would have been here. And it seems from Scripture as though Christ comes sauntering in days late. Everybody's mad. If you'd have been here. Both sisters said the same thing. Read read the whole text. It's a fun assignment. Read the whole text. They both, different times, same thing. If you'd have been here. Jesus is like, I know y'all were talking. 
But it's a different story when Jesus walks up to a tomb. In verse 4 and in verse 40, he says both times, read it, this is for the glory of God. This is for the glory of God. This is for the glory of God. And I'm going to teach you something, Mary. I'm going to teach you something, Martha. You don't get resurrection unless you get death. You're telling me you want a miracle? Then let's get an option for one. You came to me and told me that you wanted a miracle. But the truth is you wanted a healing. And I wanted to give you a divine thing. I wanted to change everybody's perspective the next time Lazarus sits at a dinner table. Oh yeah. He, my God, I feel something right here. It's a glory issue. Everybody say a glory issue. How many know we like to sing? Sister Mass, we like to sing about the glory of God. The, we, we talk about it all the time. I'm convinced we don't really understand the glory of God. Truthfully. At least in its fullest sense. In the Old Testament, when, when Moses is trying to see the face of God, eventually he's hidden the cleft of the rock, and he can only see his hinder part. How many remember that? Can't see the front. I am convinced, based on Scripture, that most often we cannot recognize the glory from the front. Because the front side of God's glory looks devastating. We don't understand its glory until it's the delivering side. Uh-huh. We have no idea that that wilderness or that Red Sea has the ability to prove glory until manna, until the water parts. How could you bring us here to let us? Talk about the glory of God. The front side of God's glory looks like Hebrew boys who would not bow. And everybody says, see, you stood up for God. And now it's going to cost you your life. But the back side of the glory is when even the king looks in and says, wait a minute. The fourth one looks like the son of God. The front side of the glory in this situation is the fact that Lazarus indeed died. There's no way that's the will of God. Well, you're wrong, twice wrong, completely wrong. It was the will of God. I'm a, I, listen, I don't want anybody to be upset, but sometimes it's the will of God when people pass. Yes, it is. I don't believe it could have been God's will. He is the giver of life. And they're mad and they're frustrated and their faith has turned to furiosity and they sit there overwhelmed by the circumstance that is in their present and what their faith, listen, it was only days earlier that their faith would positively walk them into the future. Need to understand this about faith. There's a dangerous thing about being in your mind and going into your future. It's the only place you cannot go with God. So you have to walk in faith when you think ahead. You have to think positively. And so only a couple days earlier, they had sat at this table. And they had said, if we could get him here, if we could get Jesus here, everything will be okay. But their faith had turned to furiosity because their faith had been baptized with fear and their anger. Now they're looking across and they're saying it again and again and again. If he had been here. So now, 
they can't see the resurrection for their frustration with Christ. Didn't I tell you this was for the glory of God? Oh, I know. I know there's coming a time. I know there's coming a time in the resurrection. I know that there's coming a time that he'll be raised again. And Jesus said, why? Why are you limiting me? Yes, I love Lazarus. I love Lazarus enough to use him as a setup so that everybody can know the front side of my glory right now. It doesn't make much sense, but this has been a conversation about my glory all along. And oh, how I wish everybody in this room could have been there when Jesus stepped his sandaled foot next to the very opening of that graveside and in front of everyone, he said, Lazarus, come forth. Oh, I wish we could have been there. And all of a sudden, he comes bound in grave clothes. I don't understand the dynamics of the story, but I do know that as a reader of the narrative, it sure paints a pretty incredible picture to consider the way that he came with the napkin, the towel upon his face, and the grave clothes around his body, and he comes bounding forth and walking up. I heard one preacher one time say, with the way mass tombs were, were utilized, it's amazing the right last. Lazarus got up. <laughs> I don't know about that, but I do know that Jesus knows how to speak specifically right to your heart and right to your mind and right to where we're at. God help us. And when he called, I know that I was never physically dead, but I was spiritually dead. And I do remember that when he called me, I heard him call. And I'm thankful that when my, when my grave clothes said I shouldn't, and, and when my atmosphere said I should, I'm glad I decided to go ahead and bound towards him anyway. I want to pause here and tell everybody, if death could not keep Lazarus back, there's nothing that should keep anybody in this room from responding to the call of God. Everybody in this room, yeah, well, I got to wear a mask. He had to wear a whole bodysuit. Yeah, but I got this silly napkin on my mouth. He had it covering his head. You said, I can't hardly breathe. He couldn't at all. But the scary thing is he'd still out-worship most of us. Because people who remember they were dead. People who remember... Don't you wish you could have been there when Lazarus woke up and said, what happened? You... Why is this on me? You... Uh... How'd that conversation go? Mary? Martha? What's going on? Jesus? Jesus, if you'd have been here. Oh, wait. If we're not careful, we forget that was us. That was. If you're in this building today and you've battled addiction, I'm going to tell you you're no different than Lazarus. 
But there's a bunch of people sitting around you right now that will tell you you don't have to stay dead and you don't have to stay in the grave and you don't have to stay bound and you don't have to stay overwhelmed and you don't have to stay depressed and you don't have to stay downtrodden and no, you don't have to look to cigarettes anymore and no, you don't have to look to alcohol or Jack anymore. No, 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 no. But if you listen, there's a voice and he's crying, Lazarus come forth but maybe it's your name maybe it's Martha maybe it's Carrie maybe it's I don't know what it is but he knows who you are and he knows his plan for you he let Lazarus die I don't I'm not breezing over that he let him die. What a loving God. Yes, he was. Now, I'm going to tell you, that's a lot easier to preach from this side of the story. If he didn't raise Lazarus, I probably wouldn't preach this this way. But he did raise him. I said he did. And if he didn't raise you, you probably wouldn't have walked in here this morning. But he, but he did raise you. Here, we've been focusing on COVID and forgot he picked me up. Whew. I'm going to help. I'm going to help a bunch. I'm going to help about 300 of you right now. Quit turning the news on in the morning. Read your Bible before you watch Fox. I'm going to preach it till I get a stronger amen. Before you listen to some personality that has not been baptized with the Holy Ghost, give you the forecast for your day. I charge you to open up this word and be reminded what his word says. It's all for the glory of God. Does anybody in this place still believe that all things can work together for the good? No, everything hadn't been the way I thought. Everything didn't go just exactly like I thought it should. But look at me now. Look at what the Lord has done. If I got to dance with a cane, I will. If I got to feel a little bit of uh, loss of strength, I will. But, but I've got to focus on the goodness of God. Oh, clap your hands under the Lord and give him praise. Stand, stand with me. I having a real hard time at the thought of closing because I'm having too much fun. Woo! God help us. Here's, here's my favorite part. My favorite part of the whole story. Homework, I guess. I don't know. Maybe I'll preach it tonight. I don't know. John, John 12. John 12, if you have your Bible. If not, they're going to throw it on the screen. Six days before the Passover, verse 1 and 2, Jesus came to Bethany where Lazarus, <laughs> who had been dead. What a great line. Right? If you'd have been... Okay, never mind. <laughs> How did they feel after he raised you? <laughs> if you'd have been here... And then he's alive. Jesus, 
You did it in your timing. How many knows it's always a bigger testimony when it's in his timing? (laughs) Whom he had raised from the dead. Verse 2. There they... They made him a supper. Martha served. But Lazarus was one of those who sat at the table with him. Verse 9, jump down. Now a great many of the Jews knew that he was there. You know, we read all through the Gospels about them thronging and pressing and coming towards Christ to see the miraculous. Watch this verse. Such a rare, such a rare snapshot in Scripture. A great many of the Jews knew that he was there, and they came not for Jesus' sake only, but that they might also see Lazarus, whom had been raised from the dead. Maybe you're a first-time visitor. Maybe you're watching online. Or maybe you've been here for a while, but this is your story. I want the kind of life resurrections where when people find out about the change in you, they're showing up as much for you as they are for Him. Say, wait a minute, Brother Carson. We want them drawn to Christ. Listen, hear this. Their desire to get close enough to Lazarus put them in proximity to Christ. But for most people, God is somewhat unattainable. But when He changes somebody they know, wait a minute, they were a, they were a drunk. He used to run around like crazy. He was wild. What do you mean? That's him in the suit. I grew up with that cat. That Here's my favorite table of it all. My favorite table of it all. Martha's bringing around dishes. Yeah. Setting some falafel down. And... Uh, Jesus is kind of sitting at the table grinning. And Lazarus is sitting there. How do you one-up? How do you ever have a a real good thing to say at the conversation when you're sitting at the table with a guy who had just been dead? Like, what interesting do you have to say? Remember we started this thing talking about conversations? You you know somebody that you try to tell a story and they have to one-up your story? Right? Like, oh, I lost a tooth. That's nothing. I lost seven teeth. Really? Swallowed them all. Just every one of them gone. You can't beat them in a conversation. Imagine that one. You'll never believe what I did today, Jesus. Yeah, well, you'll never believe where I was yesterday. Oh, Lazarus is at the table. He was a walking testimony. I once was dead. But now I live. I wonder if there's any testimonies like that in this place right now. I was dead, but but now I'm alive. I I think we ought to lift our hands all over this building right now. Woo!
Why are you lifting your hands? The Bible says we lift up holy hands. Let me give you just a real easy one from across the world. That universal sign of surrender is just lifting up the hands. I'd ask every man, every woman, every elder, every child in this room to surrender to the presence of God right now and lift up your hands and, and tell Him, God, I can't make it without you. I can't really live without you. I'm not going to be able to make it without you. Without your help. Without your strength. I've got to have you. Because I dreamed about baptism last night, let me take my closing opportunity to tell every person in this house. We've been baptizing several people around here. Baptism is not something that is out of reach. It's not something that is inaccessible. But it is something that is absolutely critical. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be damned. You've got to repent of your sins. You've got to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. And you need to be filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. You've got to be. Because you really can't resurrect on your own. We're buried with Him in baptism. It's how we, it's how we do it. You say, I hear what you're saying, but how's that done? Here in just a moment as we begin to pray. There's going to be a couple of gentlemen. Brother Romine's going to come up on one side. Brother Lopez is going to come on the other. These are men that work with baptism here. They're just making themselves accessible as we begin to pray. We're working with distancing, but you can be baptized this very day. It doesn't have to be right now in front of everyone. It can be. It can be. They'll have the camera up there, or it can be private for you, or it can be this afternoon. We've been baptized in the middle of the week. Hey, it's always baptism o'clock. Amen. But when you come up out of that water, everything, come on up, just come on the sides of the platform where they can see it. How many remember when you came up out of that water? All those sins. Those sins that were hanging on you like grave clothes. I don't know how it happened. It wasn't the water. It, it was the faith in this word. It was the confession of his name. It was following the model. The only way they were baptized in the early church. They were fully immersed. Put under the water. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And when you come up out of that water, it's a lot like when Lazarus got called out of that. It's like. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost in this room right now. I want you to lift your hands and I want you to pray with me. I want everybody to lift your voice through your mask. You got your mask on, so lift your voice and pray real loud. I want the church to thunder for a moment. 
Here's how I want you to pray. I want you to pray that you and those around you would be able to walk in the newness of life. Come on, that you could walk in the newness of life. Church, I want us to pray that Lazarus would find restoration here. That the Lazarus in our cities that are in our homes that are not serving God those that are in our neighborhoods that do not know they're bound they're bound let Lazarus come forth come on pray 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 